Coast to Coast Combat Hour. Ed Carbohall here, as always, with Matthew Hawkins, brought to you by AllAccessMMA.com. Check out All Access MMA for your MMA news. Uh, uh, lots going on over the weekend. Matt uh, flew to uh, BKFC. I know you uh, you were sharing your experience over on um, on uh, of the event, but uh, just before we get into that, for folks listening on the audio portion of this podcast, uh, I interviewed a Bellator 249 title challenger, Arlene Blanco, about her upcoming fight for this Thursday. So, um, yeah, if you're uh, subscribed on uh, iTunes, Anchor, or wherever you listen to the podcast, um, you're going to get the treat of uh, the interview with uh, Miss Blanco for Bellator 249. But, uh, Matt. How was the how was the mouthpieces and stuff on your on your desk? <laughs> I made it back. <laughs> I made it back. No, uh, God, it was great. Uh, you know, travel now kind of sucks, but once you get there, get settled. Uh, it was cool. I, I first time I'd ever been in Kansas. Uh, ended up staying in Wichita, about ninety miles south, uh, and then and then drove up the day of the fights. Um, you know, it, it was pretty much everything I expected. Uh, a wild, chaotic violent night of action uh with a fairly small crowd uh, i mean a, my best guess i would estimate somewhere between maybe a thousand twelve hundred people roughly in the arena uh, that could potentially even be high but uh the majority of it was uh tables uh kind of distanced around the ring uh i was lucky enough to when i got my tickets get a get a close strategic table where with kind of the angle that i wanted so uh dude it was great uh you know, flying out there, I had Chris Lytle on my flight, uh, managed to catch up with him for a little bit, chat with him before the fights on Saturday. Uh, then once the fight started, uh, you know, we had a fight cancellation. We, uh, the, the shoemaker fight got canceled the day before, which was kind of disappointing. Uh, one of the fights that I kind of was interested in, uh, him versus Burns, it would have been too big, too big, uh, hillbillies clashing it out. But, uh, as it turns out, uh, we had a delay there. So when the event started, the first fight came out. Uh, I mean, within seconds, you had blood, you had swelling, you had chaos ensuing. And then uh, that fight ended shortly into the second round. Uh, that's when the dude spiked his mouthpiece on the mat. Uh, and it bounced into the air and <laughs> landed on my table. Uh, nice. It was with a little bit of, uh, with a little bit of blood. And it, it was just, it was just the perfect uh, poetic start to the evening. I mean, <laughs> It wasn't exactly UFC one uh, with a tooth flying on John McCarthy's wife, but uh, it was yeah. definitely uh, kind of a sign. So, man, I, it was great. Uh, so, how, how was uh, we had the uh, main event uh, winner, uh, Mr. Beltran? How'd that fight go? That was the that was you know in hindsight that was basically the fight of the night. Uh, you had other fights that were just barn brawls and I mean just blood and guts and and quick finishes but that fight was crazy uh a rarity that i hadn't seen much in bkfc was uh it was such a clash of styles marcel stamps came out uh much lighter fighter i even talked to joey beltran when we had joey beltran i asked him what he thought the weight would be uh he pretty much nailed it he had his appointment at 216 his appointment weighed in at 216.1 uh, mm, so I even gave wow. Joey a, a little bit of credit for that prior to his fight uh, when I ran into him uh, near the, near the ramp. Um, but uh, yeah, no. So, so you had the different styles stamps, uh, a sleeker athletic, former NFL player uh, was able to use his speed, used a little bit of running to get away. Uh, if you watch Beltron and BKFC, he really forces the pressure comes at you. So stamps was able to use that kind of against him early, uh, use his footwork, uh, use his boxing to, to, to mess Joey up a little bit, knock him off. Uh, after three rounds, two of the three judges had it three rounds to none. One judge had it 29-28. Uh, the open scoring in Kansas, it wasn't until halfway through the event that I realized that they were actually putting the score on the scoreboard. So everybody in the arena knew the the the, the scores of the fights. So uh, Joey's I didn't even know they were doing that there, yeah. Yeah, I, it didn't dawn on me until, until I, I thought, oh, you know what, when Invicta has events, uh, they, they do it, so... Uh, it kind of made some sense. I know Invicta tends to be on the Kansas City side or the the Missouri side of uh, of Kansas City, but uh, I, I guess Kansas picked it up too. So uh, that was weird. So I, Joey knew going into the fourth round that uh, he was down basically three rounds to none. At that point, uh, Stamps was showing some uh, fatigue, and 
and as it turns out, uh, I, I caught up with uh, Stamps cornerman and doctor uh, on my flight home. Uh, he broke one of his hands in the second round, and he broke his other hand in the third round. So he actually went into the fourth round uh, against the heavyweight champion with the broke, both broken hands. Uh, that basically was the demise. At that point, uh, he was slower. You could tell he was beat up. Uh, Beltran caught him, dropped him. There was some controversy as the referee waved it off as a uh, as an illegal shot. Uh, replay didn't show anything of that. Uh, not sure what you know. Tough, tough position for a ref with with the way these fights take place. There's a lot of just chaos taking. You know, it's a lot of punches and weird body movements and stuff. So it happens. But uh, Stamps kind of played it off like he got hit in the back of the head. Replay popped up. No, no sign of anything but a clean blow. Referee basically said, "Okay, let's do this. Let's get going again." Match started within 15 seconds. Uh, Beltron had dropped him again. This time, a legal takedown or a legal legal drop knockdown. Uh, Stamps recovered. And shortly thereafter was put down again, you know, six, seven feet right in front of me. Uh, and that point he didn't, he wasn't able to get up for the 10 counts. So uh, Beltron retains fourth round uh, TKO uh, probably is how it goes in the books. Um, that, that picture you took uh, with him was that, that was after I assume, right? The picture with him. No, that was before he was, was, was cuz he looked, he looked pretty clean. Like he didn't look like he fought yet. Yeah, no, no, no. He he had plenty of wounds once the fight ended. That was before. He was uh he seemed real calm. He had his hoodie on. He was kind of strolling around the arena. Um, I caught him up early, uh, where he was just kind of hanging with his team in the corner. But even halfway through the event, he was still walking around the arena, uh, you know, giving giving knuckle knuckles to fans, taking some photos with people and uh and stuff. So he's he he seems really at peace with what he's doing there. Um Obviously, I'm sure there's nerves uh, that come naturally with it, but uh, he doesn't show it. Seems real. Seems like he's, it's just his niche. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, Stamps fought great uh, in a light heavyweight division. I think he's. Hev- I think he becomes probably one of the favorites to to run the light heavyweight division with his athleticism uh, and his skill. Uh, Beltron just too big. Had him by about 35 pounds. Um, not even sure if Joy cut weight. Uh, Joy weighed in like 255 or so. Potentially, he could have even been 265 or so in the fight if he mm. tried to uh, slim up at all for any reason for the weigh-in. But um, no, it was it was fun. Uh, you know, the round ring, uh, it had the old UFC feel, had the smoke coming out of the tunnel, and uh, it, it was just cool. It was fun to be at a live event. I'd recommend it for anybody who's not super squeamish. Um, for me, it's the broken bones that bother me, you know, the legs and the, the arms and stuff. That's what kind of gets to me. I don't blood and cuts don't do it for me. So if you're, if you don't, if you can deal with blood and cuts and, uh, you know, swollen eyes and stuff, it's definitely experience for the fight fan. It's, uh, I'd like to try one when, when there's, you know, a full arena, five, 6,000 people in an arena would be pretty cool just because the atmosphere is so, you know, so intense and, and, you know. And as the fighters get better, if you get better names in there and bigger names, uh, it, it's something that could, that could catch on. I don't know if it will. Uh, it might just be the niche that it needs to sit in. But you know, I'm going to support it right now and until the wheels fall off. And uh, you know, if they're putting on events and, and uh, treating fans well that that show up to them, then that's all. That's all I really can ask as a fan. Yeah, maybe if uh, maybe if they come back to Florida, I can get down there for for an event. I was supposed to go down this weekend, but plans change so now i'm not going but not, not that there's much going on down there anyway but um did you get a chance to catch uh the morice sandhagen card from uh, fight island because uh i don't know if you noticed there was a pretty spectacular knockout that they're calling knockout of the year already yeah no i uh unfortunately i haven't caught up on the whole card um i did obviously see much of the highlights and i've, I've kind of saw some bits and pieces here uh my phone was blowing up <laughs> from you know the minute everybody's that, was yeah yeah i mean i expect that i, I was kind of hoping that i wouldn't hear anything just so mm-hmm. i could go home not knowing any kind of results and, and see watch it afterwards but at, by that point you know it was so spectacular uh basically the the joaquin buckley um knockout spinning back kick i don't even know what you'd really call that it's it's almost like a pro wrestling kick in, in a sense um, it's actually a common pretty common kick in taekwondo um, which is funny because uh, he never really said that he trained it or something, but he did. He like trained Taekwondo, but he did say in the post-fight interview, he did say that uh, it's a it's a move that he does practice in the practice room. And um, I actually did a, a breakdown of it over at Sunday Submission that I do for MMA News.com, 
where um he talks about how because if that that you know a common way to 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 block the kick to the body is not to block it but to you know step back and pass it over and uh Kasanguine, when he would pass it over he kind of looped his his wrist really like a hook and held it and in the earlier round uh buckley had said that he did that in the earlier round so he he's he said i'm gonna try it if he does it again and obviously it paid off so uh yeah man shout out to him for you know the moves that you practice you know a lot of times uh a lot of times you you know they're either you can practice them but you don't know if they're your moves until you actually start hitting them once twice and a few times so i wouldn't be surprised if we see that again the same thing with uriah hall you know uriah hall said uh he saw his uh his that spinning temple kick that he did from the ultimate fighter mm-hmm. he saw that in the tekken video game and then and we he's done it a few times so uh yeah i mean i wouldn't I, that that was uh definitely i don't think we'll be seeing him as an underdog anytime again soon no, I mean, uh, it's it's definitely a, a wild movie. It, it kind of like, yeah. in a sense, like the Showtime kick. I think it'll be something that we'll start mm-hmm. seeing other people kind of trying to imitate um, with probably a, a very, very high percentage of people failing and ended up face first <laughs> on the mat with their opponent, <laughs> with their yeah. opponent uh, taking the back. But um, but yeah, I mean, it, crazy how it turned out and how quick he did it too because it wasn't like the dude was holding his foot for a long time and it was a thought no. process it was like you said and i had read the same thing where it had, where he grabbed it before so i mean it was a split second dude dude grabbed his foot and within a second he was spinning and, and had him down hey you know as well as i do in fight seconds can you know and and in, in when they're happening it seems longer i mean if we talk to uh when we talk to royval you know for him it's a it's like he's in a hyperbolic chamber when he fights so he's not aware of the time or ending. He's just he's there just in their moment, you know. So it's uh, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean that's not a move that works if you if you guys holding your leg for three seconds. If he's holding your foot, you're kind of bouncing around. It's too telegraphed. It has to be in my mind. I would think it would have to be a split second thing like that in order for you to to really land your foot. Well, square in the what's weird right. about about that block is like I mean you kind of it's almost natural to spin into it. I actually when we, when uh when I'm drilling it at my gym. I actually, I'm always, I always spin around, like if I'm gonna, because I, I did karate before I did any, any other, uh, you know, uh, MMA style striking like Muay Thai, like I'm doing now. So usually when that, when I feel that, I'm always inclined to do a spinning back fist because it's, it's almost natural. It's the two, the two separate axes, axes of the body. You know, you have the left leg and the right arm. So if they're holding it and spinning, it, it's it's natural for this to come whipping around. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's crazy that, uh, that that not only did Buckley drill that, but he was able to pull it off. Um, I mean, the only I mean, I, I know in the main event, uh, you know, San Hagen won, and he was he. We were talking about how it was weird that Marais was the underdog, but apparently it wasn't that weird. So. <laughs> No, no, apparently not. Uh, odds makers ended up getting it right. Um, yeah. I was still surprised. If they fought again, I'd, I wouldn't necessarily pick Sandhagen to, to, to win. I mean, it, to me, it's one of those fights. It landed a wheel kick. Um, again, a spectacular, spectacular move um, that uh, it doesn't get replicated all that often. But huge win for Sandhagen. Uh, puts him – I mean, it basically not, he knocks out the number one contender – uh, the legitimate number one contender, I should say. Well, Aljamain Sterling's the legitimate number one contender. Number one contender B, <laughs> yeah. uh, B is is Marais. Um, I mean, yeah, they're A B in that in that situation. So uh, knocks him out of there. Really clears the path for a makes no more sense than that, or makes all the sense in the world now to do Aljamain Sterling. You don't have anybody. Uh, there's no. there's no other controversy now. Now no. it's straight up. He's Gotta number do one it. contender. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he he just he deserved it before, but now there's no there's no roadblocks in the way now. If he doesn't get the fight now, it's the UFC screwing over their Dicking number around, one yeah. contender. Uh, and and Sandhagen then and then moves up and and uh, rebounds off of a uh, a tough loss prior uh, to to Sterling. So he he falls himself now in the top three for that division. Uh, you know, right, right in the mix. So big win. Uh, that's the UFC. Not going to break down the entire card. Didn't, like I said, didn't get a chance to catch it. So it would be uneducated for both of us probably to get too deep into it. That brings us to uh, this week's though. Uh, you mentioned you have Arlene Blencow on the. Uh, uh, Bl- Blencow. Blencow. She, she don't like it when people say Blencow. She corrected somebody today at the media day. So. <laughs> okay. We'll go, we'll go with Blencow. Uh, <laughs> 
I'll, I'll respect uh, uh, for Angrifist there. Um, so that's this Thursday, uh, CBS Sports Network. Uh, I know there's been two Bellator events on uh, CBS Sports. Real quick, uh, Tim Johnson did uh, defeat um, Czech Congo by decision in Paris last uh, oh, yeah, Saturday morning. Yeah. And uh, an MVP uh, also picked up a uh, decision win. So those were the two big winners from the past Bellator. That brings us to this Thursday where we're back in the United States, uh, back in a little bit your neck of the woods out there in Connecticut. Mohegan's um, Sun. Mohegan Sun for, for the, uh, what are we calling it? The fight spear? Is it sphere? Uh, fight sphere. <laughs> fight sphere. That's yeah. that's what we got there for Bellator. Um, this to me, uh, I saw Kaposa online. Grabaka Hitman basically saying this is what it felt like. This feels like this is the the real opening for CBS Sports uh, and Bellator. Yeah. It's a title, um, yeah. World title fight. Huge name in Chris Cyborg, um, and and what's turned out to be a, a loaded main card. Uh, this is, I think this is a prime example of pandemic and, uh, just throwing together a, a great fight card. I mean, Bellator did an outstanding job. I wasn't even completely aware of all the fights, honestly, until I started looking up the card and I'm going, holy crap, you know, we got, yeah, uh, even, even the prelims, when, if you look at those, I'm just like, I think I wasn't really looking at it yet, but like the, 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 the headlining part of the preliminary is Curtis Miller versus Joe Schilling. So just, this just for folks to gauge before we get into the main card, it's just a crazy. I do real quick though. I need to jump in there. That fight has been canceled. Oh, was it? Yeah, last Millinder night. Chilling? Yeah, that fight was canceled. So oh, sadly, wow. sadly, uh, I saw Nolan King report that I believe earlier today. Um, I believe it was earlier today. I don't think it was yesterday, but yeah, earlier today, Nolan yeah. King reported. Yeah, he only that. got there yesterday. Okay, That's, so yeah, he yeah. said it was. He said it was quick though. Is one of those yeah. things that was going to be the barn burner fight. Too That's bad. a shame that that one's off. So, but the good news is that that fight was booked. So. Bellator tends to bring, you know, there's a good chance we'll get that fight, um, which is, which is great because as you, I mean, that could, that could almost main event. Those are pretty small for them. Um, But the main card, uh, super excited to see it. It opens up uh, with our, with our guy, Syed Awad, uh, who's been on the show a few times. Um, Yeah. We would have got him if they didn't book it so fast. Yeah. That's what I mean. I saw that. I go, damn, you know, but, uh, but obviously, we wish him the best. He he, uh, the best. He faces Mendel Nalo, uh, seven and one. Uh, Awad on, on a bit of a of a skid, but um, you know the perennial contender uh, and uh, fireworks always at light have or uh, lightweight. Um, it should be a hell of a fight. Uh, I think he'll do well. He was taking too many. Those last two fights were like too close together. I mean, last minute, all on you know he he he. He came in last minute uh, when he fought Daly, and then and then then he he wanted to get back into W column so fast he took another fight almost immediately. So I, I kind of think uh, with everything going on, this might work out for him. Yeah, I mean we're he's talk he's facing the top of the food chain in Bellator when you start he- yeah. talking Henderson, Gertz, Yamauchi, and Daly. Um, not just in Bellator, you're you're fighting for the top, you know, thirty lightweights in the world, basically. Uh, and that's, that's, uh, it's a, it's a killer row and, and, and his fight style is just bring it and, and against some of those opponents that, that turns into just be, uh, you know, it, the Gertz fight, for example, was extremely close, came down to a judge's decision. Yeah. Um, stuff like that. But, um, I, I think he's going to do well. Um, I think he actually wins this fight. I think he's going to finish this fight. I, I think we're going to see a, a violent side. Uh, and I think we'll see it, uh, maybe late second round. Um, well, we never not see a violent side, but yeah, that's true. Yeah. But I think we're going to see, I think we're going to see a celebratory violent side, yeah. uh, at the end of this one. Um, Nalo coming off of his first career loss. Uh, he was chopped down uh, with leg kicks in the third round of his last fight. Um, I, I think that uh, I, I think Awad will work his way through the guard and uh, and, and do damage and and uh, and get a stoppage in this fight. Yeah, I'm with you there. You know that. I mean, it's, uh, I've been uh, said it on this podcast. I've been a long. I've seen uh, Awad put in work. Uh, as long as he's been in Bellator. <laughs> So uh, yeah, I I I it's hard for he's you know like with him it's it's like ju- like Justin Gaethje or or uh, um, who's that fighter I said I'd never pick against uh, not so long ago slipping my mind because I'm trying to type up the next uh, uh, little card for the bottom here but um, yeah I, I he's one of those guys that's just hard for me I, I can't pick against him 
Yeah, uh, that brings us to the next fight on the main card. Ricky Mendejas coming off a decision loss to Sergio Pettis uh, about a half dozen events ago or so for Bellator. Uh, didn't look great in that fight. Pettis pretty much controlled, won an easy decision. He fights Leandro Higo coming off a win over Sean Bunch at Bellator 228 uh, from out here at my neck of the woods out in the forum. Uh, I believe that was last September. If I uh, No, sorry, that was January. Uh, no, September. Cyborg was in January. So that was the September Musasi Machida card. Uh, he picked up a win there. Prior to that, he had lost to uh, Aaron Pico uh, in a tough fight. You know, hell of a fight. You got uh, you got the Pitbull, uh, Team Pitbull, Higo, Ben Deos, who, who is, uh, in a sense, sometimes a little hit or miss. He's either really on and really impressive, or, or sometimes yeah. he gets lulled, lulled into a little bit of a boring fight. Um I see Ben Dayhaus rallying in this fight. Uh, I think he goes a good matchup for him. I think they'll stand in front of each other. And uh, I think Ben Dayhaus lands the bigger punches and is able to work a decision here. I don't see a finish. I think both guys are too well, way too durable uh, at that weight class. But I, I will take Ben Dayhaus um, probably like 29-28. I think, I think maybe he has some issues early on in the first round with a fresh ego. But then mm-hmm. uh, I think he settles in and, 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 and wins the second and third round of the fight. And I think I uh, can't bring up their stats page because uh, my laptop's having a bad day here. But but um, I feel like I feel like Bandejas might have a reach advantage over Higo. Um, you know what I mean for the, as far as striking goes. So I think he can pluck away. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that's that's winds up being the case again. I don't have the stats in front of me, so I just have the card. But uh, I think that might be the the case for that fight. Yeah, I'm seeing uh, – let me see if I can pull it up. I got a 70-inch reach for Mendejas. Mm-hmm. He does kind of have that body type that you always talk about. Ectomorph. Um, yep. And uh, actually 72 for Higo. So oh, it's, wow. It's, uh, they got Higo at 5. This is listed on topology. Um, usually they're pretty – pretty accurate yeah um yeah it's weird because they got bandeas is 510 he's two inches taller but he's got a a shorter reach uh, according to this so that could be that could be interesting we'll see how that plays out i I, like you said though you just naturally you feel like bandeas is going to have the reach uh Mm -hmm. the slender you know uh style of you know striking and, and movement so we'll see uh hell of a fight um co-main event that night uh patricky pitbull returns to the cage uh always down to do his thing. Uh, yeah. he, he is coming off a loss uh, in Ryzen uh, in the semifinals of the Ryzen Grand Prix uh, to the future, uh, the champ who ended up winning that Musayev. Uh, he faces Jaleel Willis, a uh, 13 and two fighter. Yeah. From LFA. So he's a tough customer. If you, I've watched a lot of, I've seen him a few times in LFA. That guy's definitely, uh, that's actually that, that there's a reason that's the co-main event, you know? Yeah, he's coming off a victory over DeJesus, who, uh, who you've spoken to uh, a few times. And uh, yeah, he's on a, on a four-fight win streak. So he makes his Bellator debut. Uh, not much uh, – harder to get tough competition making your debut and then, and then fighting a pit bull brother. Um, I, I, I tend to – I'm a huge fan of the pit bull uh, brothers. Uh Patricio obviously is, is pound for pound. One of the best MMA fighters that we've really ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you start looking at the grand scheme of it, uh, I'm going to go with, uh, I, I imagine Pitbull's probably the favorite. Uh, I don't know the odds, but I'm going to go with Willis uh, on this, on a win streak. Um, he doesn't have the mileage that Pitbull has. Uh, Pitbull's been in a lot of wars. I, I'm going to go with Willis. I, I'm not sure exactly how I see it finishing, probably by decision. I don't think you finish Pitbull unless your name's basically Michael Chandler. Um, <laughs> you know, so I'll go with Willis by decision in, in his debut and uh, and quickly making a name for himself uh, in the lightweight division there. Maybe maybe even that sets up a uh, – well, it looks like a wad is – yeah, wad's not lightweight. Maybe uh, maybe if a wad and, uh, and Willis both win, sets up a, a matchup just naturally created by, by being on the same card together. Yeah, and the logistics of everything going on with the way fights are made now, that, that I wouldn't be surprised if that happens at all. Um, and like you said, it's not it's not, uh, it's not uh, Patricio, it's Patricky. And uh, you know what I mean? Like, I, it looks like we're on the same page so far. I know we're not going to be when we, we look at the next one, but, but – um, yeah, the uh, uh, the uh, that's 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 not a fight that uh, 
I would I would even if even regardless of what happens on yeah, two four nine, that's a matchup I wouldn't mind seeing in the future. But um yeah, no, I'm with you. I think uh, I think Willis is gonna can uh, can give uh uh Patricky some t- trouble. Yeah, I mean I think a wad against either of those guys, uh, a wad does have a, a decision <laughs> loss uh to Patricky Pitbull. So Potentially, the, the either you know with the matchmaking pandemic style because they're on the same card. There's there's some potential here mm-hmm. uh, for mixing and matching those guys. Um, that does bring us to the super fight main event, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Cyborg uh, coming off her destruction of Julia Budd fights uh, Arlene Blenko, uh, who comes into uh, Bellator or has been in Bellator for a long time now. Yeah. Uh, her two losses in Bellator are both to Julia Budd. Um, she also has an earlier loss to, to Marlis Cohen, Conan. But that's two of the, the best, uh, you know, yeah. again, two of the best female MMA fighters of all time mm-hmm. uh, that, that she's that she's lost to. Uh, she comes into this fight uh, with a win off Leslie Smith, who is no slouch mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> by any means. Amanda Bell, uh, Amber LeBrock, uh, three really good fighters. Uh, on the Bellator roster, so she comes in again, three fight win streak. Yeah, um, and a lot of uh, folks, uh, a lot of folks always seem to forget because the last because she fought Bud twice, and the last one was the last time they fought was for the title, and that was a split decision loss, which means you know she could have won that one. Um, you know, so I, that's why I just I just feel like she's uh, super durable and tough, and uh, I, I've interviewed her. Uh, this is like three times now I've interviewed her. I interviewed her for the other two fights. Uh, the one, the Bud one, and then the fight be, uh, before she fought Leslie Smith. So it's definitely one of those things that it's just like um, she's uh, she always seems super. Her confidence is always high, and uh, you know she comes from the world of boxing, which I think might uh, favor her skill set really well. And um, you know, because she was she she was actually doing boxing and MMA earlier in her career before she switched over full-time to MMA. And I just feel like that's, that's one of the things uh, she, um, she might have that'll give her, I don't want to say an advantage because it's side Chris Cyborg. We're talking about mm-hmm. I mean, she's the, what do they call her now? Cause she held all the titles, a triple crown. Triple crown a name for that. Yeah. 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 So it's uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if she wins. Um, so uh, I'm actually, uh, She's, I think she's 37 and Cyborg's, what, 34? Yep. Uh, probably sounds about right. I mean, yeah. there you, you could almost consider a, a Cyborg's like a, a slam, Grand Slam champion, really. Because she that's had what strike, I, that's what, uh, yeah, Grand, one Grand of those... Slam would be the four. Yeah, not the three. So okay. she had the Strike Force, Bellator, UFC, and Invicta. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah. Grand, so, Grand, Slam, yeah. Grand, Grand Slam champion. I knew there was a, a, a regular sports term that she. I mean, she's not. She she doesn't seem to get enough credit for bringing that into MMA because to being the first one, I don't see any men out there doing it. So, no, I don't. I don't think. Yeah. I mean, the, the only the closest to that would be somebody like uh, WEC you know, type uh, of. Yeah, I mean Musasi. If you start counting like Dream and then Bellator, and uh, I guess that. Is it, I don't think there's anything else there. Maybe Overeem when you start talking K1 and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, nobody in the world of MMA has has held all four of the biggest organizations during their era uh, titles that that I can think of. I, I, mm-hmm. I if somebody threw out a name there that I'm forgetting, I'd be shocked. I, I don't think it exists. Um, but yeah, so I, we 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 see this fight slightly different, I believe. Um, I know Arlene is is durable as hell, tough as hell. I just have a hard time going against Cyborg. I, I feel like um, everybody that fights her, uh, other than Nunez, um, and that, and and then you talk Nunez fight was basically like a BKFC fight. If we're being serious, I mean that was like forty five seconds of just just nonstop punches. I mean there was yeah. <laughs> that was that was just who's going to drop first and and yeah. the younger, uh, perhaps stronger. Uh, Nunez won that that uh, confrontation the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, w- generally, I just I think Cyborg just wears people down. I don't know. Um, I, I mean, it, I don't. I just don't see uh, Blenko putting her out. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see her putting her lights out. And unless she can put her out cold, I don't see her beating Cyborg by decision. Um, I actually think Cyborg's probably going to win this fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to think. I'm thinking like third round. 
I, I think I think it's going to be a hell of a first two rounds. I think that there's they're going to hurt each other. I yeah. just think in the long run, I think Cyborg will wear her out. Um, it would be a hell of a story if if because uh, uh, Blanco's from Australia, right? Yeah, she, she's you know we get an Australian champion in Bellator would be uh, quite a feat as as well. I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, that would be something that they could really build off of. Uh, and it would be a story. It would set up a rematch. That's for sure. And, and that, that might be what Bellator needs, uh, especially at that weight class, because there's just not in any, in any promotion, there's not a heavy, deep 145 pound women's class. So to, to have a contender, even if she loses an extremely close fight, it sets up a nice round Robin again with a chance for redemption against bud, uh, to perhaps earn another shot at cyborg. Um, and again, if Cyborg loses, then she can rematch Bud to to get back at Arlene. I mean, there's there's a bunch of ways that this could work out where where mm-hmm. you get the three top women um, in Bellator at that weight class uh, to really work their way through and figure out. Maybe maybe it'll take two years from now, but we'll we'll, we'll it'll unfold itself. Or maybe they do uh, maybe they do a women's Grand Prix, like you know what I mean? Like I mean. That makes that's that. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, even if we just do a four woman Grand Prix, I mean, we don't need to get eight or 16. You could do four if that's yeah. the four contenders you have. If you have four legitimate contenders, there's no reason to bring in, you know, the the, the people that necessarily don't deserve to be there. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know how I am with Grand Prix. Um, why don't you give your take on the fight? Uh, like I said, I know it's slightly different than the way I'm going to see it going. I mean, I, I can see, like I said, I, I can see Blenko. Uh, um, you know, kind of standing up to her and giving her a challenge. I feel like she's gonna, she's good. I, f- I feel like we'll see uh, almost a reflection of uh, of what we saw with the with the Nunes uh, Cyborg fight. Not not necessarily that the, the the same result, but as far as how the fight goes, um, because based on my conversation with her, that that which, which folks will hear in a few minutes, um, and the stuff she said today at the media day, it looks like it looks like she her plan is to. Uh, not back away from whatever cyborg brings to her. So I think we are going to see a, a hell of a fight. I, uh, I feel like because she's, she's for folks that don't know, I talked to her, uh, Blanco back in March. Uh, it was literally the week after the Bellator breast press conference here in New York city. When the pandemic started, she was on her way back to Australia and, and uh, from the airport, I spoke with her. That's actually on this YouTube channel for folks if you want to go back and, and watch it. Um, but she was at Jackson Wink, and she, she, she kind of knew she was going to eventually be facing Cyborg at some point soon. So she's been preparing for it almost all year. So I, I don't think you can be more prepared than that. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, didn't... Uh, if we look, if we look at the Nunez fight, didn't Nunez want extra time to bulk up and and get ready for her too? So it, it's it's almost like she 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 took a page from that playbook, and she uh, trained with someone that spent five rounds with Cyborg in uh, in the UFC in Holly Holm. Uh, they trained together at Jackson Wink, and um, if you if you didn't listen to, uh, it's going to be in the interview coming up. But you know, she went and trained with uh, Alexander Volkanovsky, who's the current UFC featherweight champion. Uh, to prepare prepare for this, so I, I feel like she's she's done a lot. Um, she put a lot of her her she sacrificed her body a lot to get ready for this. So I, I'm I I'm expecting her to shock the world again. I mean, it's cyborg, so if it doesn't happen, you know, I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to be like okay, you know, I'm not going to be stamping my feet about it. But mm-hmm. so it's it's one that uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I might actually put a little money on this one. <laughs> As no, a, you, bring up, you bring up a really good point about <laughs> the fact that she's been preparing for this fight for so long, mm-hmm. um, especially during this pandemic time where it seems like fights are thrown together so quick. Yeah. And you, re- um, for somebody to have that focus, be able to really aim her training for a specific opponent. Um, and reality is even we could go back to you could go back to the Bud fight. Um, it was in January where Cyborg fought Bud. Um, even prior to that, a lot of people thought that. Uh, Blenko was the was should have been although Bud was the champion a lot of, she was in the mix there I, I don't think there's mm-hmm. any surprise that she's fighting Cyborg probably a name that's been on her on her radar uh, for most of her career honestly especially fighting at 145 and then once she said when Cyborg signed with Bellator she, I think the collision course was was there and now she's had seven seven so, strong months basically to uh, prepare for it so that's a valid point um, uh, it, 
I just hope we get, I hope we get an all timer. Uh, I, I think Bellator deserves it. And yeah. I would love to see, I would love to see CBS sports network really take off for them. Um, and, and get a, a Thursday night highlight on, on sports center ESPN yeah. and, and, and create a buzz for the Thursday night fights, because I think that that's going to be something that fight fans around the world can look forward to, especially now that we can all get the events live. Uh, yeah. No matter, no matter what cable provider you have, assuming you get CBS sports network. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely, uh, I, I think the, I mean, you know, uh, we talked about it before combat Americas used to be on Thursday nights. I know LFA did, did their uh, their uh, Dakota when they first came back. They did three nights in a row. Cage Warriors just recently did a triple. They're they're setting up another one too. So I don't uh, I don't mind the Thursday night thing. I mean, you know, I've, Sundays is off. Maybe Tuesdays is a little off. Early in the week, it's hard to watch fights because they go so late. But Thursday, Thursday, we're already kind of ramping up for the weekend. And uh, this one, I like like it's the first home base CBS Sports. So like you said, it's this is like the real. CBS Sports premiere, uh, mm-hmm. especially with the world title on the line, man. I don't know about you. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm, I'm just sad that uh, all these Mohegan Sun events, and I'm sitting my ass here in Jersey. <laughs> yeah, no, let's just uh, – And Dolan King's eating all the donuts up in Mohegan yeah, no. Sun. <laughs> He's got Krispy Kremes. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, uh, yeah, no, I mean, let's just, you know, having experienced a live event again this weekend, obviously everything's in your head when you're at the event. Some weird stuff, you know, with the way the world's going right now, but yeah. uh, it, it, a little sense of normalcy. Let's just keep our fingers crossed that we keep working a path where eventually, uh, now that baseball game, for example, tonight and yesterday had fans, uh, your baseball stadium allowed like 10,000 people into a stadium. So let's just uh, hope that that keeps that, that we get that at pace. And by the end of the year, you are able to, uh, get the heck out of Jersey and, uh, oh, and, and sit, sit ringside <laughs> again. It's uh, like every time I try, it pulls me back in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So everybody who's, uh, again, listening on our audio uh, apps, uh, Arlene Blenko sat down with uh, with Ed a couple days ago, listened to her interview again as she prepares to go to combat this Thursday against Chris Cyborg. Bellator, that is at uh, – looks like 7 p.m. Eastern. Maybe uh, it's different time on the poster. The poster says 9 p.m. Eastern. So uh, check your local listings for that on Thursday night, CBS Sports Network. Saturday, UFC does return. Uh, Huge main event, uh, Brian Ortega versus Chan Sun Jun, the Korean zombie, a fight that was uh, canceled a long time ago, comes back. uh, Decent card. Check that out. Uh, I believe that's an ESPN Plus card. That is Saturday. until then, fans, check us out at allaccessmma.com. Uh, I just did a uh, write-up for the first time in a couple of years. If you get on there, check it out. View from the Hawks Nest, BKFC 13. Uh, you know, nice to get nice to get some pen and paper down again and, and at least uh, feel like, uh, again, like things are getting back to the world that I enjoy uh, in the fight world. Um, check us out on Twitter at combat hour, coast to coast combat hour on Instagram. You can follow me, Matthew Hawkins at MMA Hawk 21 on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Ed at Carbazal on Twitter, Carbeerzal on Instagram and old head carb on Twitch. Till next time, Ed, uh, let's hope for a great Bellator event, fun UFC event, and uh, give us a lot to talk about next week. <coughs> Cool. Peace. Sorry about coughing into the mic. (laughs) No problem. Stay tuned for the interview. (laughs) Arlene Blanco, uh, it's so nice to see you back in the States. And uh, I know the last time we spoke, um, you were on your way at the beginning of this whole pandemic situation. Yeah, uh, I was at the airport. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And then now, now you're... Now you're back ready for probably what's one of the biggest fight, uh, probably the biggest fight of your your career. So uh, how's it going? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, yeah, it's good to be back over here and it's good to be actually be able to have this fight this year. I mean, the last time we spoke, it was, um, you know, the beginning of COVID and the world was getting locked down and we didn't really know what was in store for the rest of 2020. So to be back over here now in October and, and obviously the fight's going ahead. Um, yeah, it's good. Very, very yeah, happy. you Look good. You look healthy. I mean, uh, I know you said you're 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 clear for as far as COVID's concerned. Uh, Mohegan Sun uh, and Bellator are doing a great job with the uh, fight sphere. Um, how's that whole experience been since you've uh, since you checked in? Yeah, good. They um, yeah, like you said, they have um, they are 
doing all the right things here to make sure that the fighters and everybody involved is safe and um yeah, so we, like I said to you before, we've just come out of our quarantine. Um, we got mm. here and got COVID tested um, straight away, and we were in our room. But yeah, just everything that I provided to make sure that we, um, you know, will continue to stay safe while we're here. Um, they've done a very good job. So yeah, well, I mean, the whole reason you're there is obviously for the big main event next week, Cyborg. Uh, I mean, it's it. I feel like you've been preparing for it since for since as long as we've been talking. Um, <laughs> But now, I mean, not only are you preparing for what could possibly the toughest opponent you've ever faced, um, you know, on top of the pandemic, can you just talk us through uh, how that's been? I saw your your social media post where you talked about how hard your camp was. So can you just uh, break that down for us? Yeah. Um, yeah, well, it has. It feels like it's been the longest camp in history for me because, yeah, once we knew that, you know, saw that Chris had been signed to Bellator, we knew that that fight was going to be inevitable. Um you know, after she fought Julia and, and Scott announced that, you know, I was the number one contender, we started preparation straight away. Um, and the last time I spoke to you, I was on the way back from Jackson Wink and uh, getting training in with um, Holly and Coach Winklejohn, you know, obviously in preparation for this fight. Um, and then, yeah, the world got locked down. So we had to take training, um, you know, in quarantine and doing sessions at home. And my coaches um, obviously accommodated all of my training so that I could just, you yeah, know, continue training through those times, again, still not knowing when this fight was going to eventuate. Um, and then when, once, you know, Bellator started their shows up again, we, um, you know, amped up my training. And most recently we've been, um, my camps moved down to Wollongong and been training at Freestyle MMA, um, doing a lot of sessions with um, Alex Volkanovsky and his coach Joe Lopez and the guys down there. Um, they've got a, a big staple of, you know, featherweight and lightweight guys, um, you know, that are mm-hmm. all very, very high level. And obviously Alex is the UFC featherweight world champion, so you can't get much better training than that. And, um, yeah, so I've had an awesome fight camp. Um, all my coaches, my strength and conditioning coach, wrestling coach, you know, um, you know, box striking coaches, everybody's really, yeah, pushed me to the limits of this fight camp, obviously realising that this is this is the biggest fight of my career and it's for... Um, you know, everything that I've been working hard for. It's not the fact that it's, um, you know, that I'm just fighting Chris Cyborg. It is for the Bellator world title. And that's, you know, something that we've been working hard to get back to since I, you know, dropped the opportunity back in 2017. Yeah, I mean, you, you've always kind of been right there for the Bellator title. Uh, I know uh, I know you had mentioned uh, the last time we spoke training with, with home and, and you guys kind of, you, you already have some insight on, on uh someone that's that's faced cyborg before um one one thing uh i was i don't know if i asked you this last time but i mean it, it, it's good to know without giving anything away obviously from her last loss against amanda nunez was there anything that you took away from that fight that you you think you you can see as far as not necessarily a hole in her game but just a, a an avenue for for to win um yeah well amanda approached that fight the right way she stood in front of her and and gave her some of her own medicine back. Um, you know, I've said it in other interviews, that fight could have gone one of two ways. They were both swinging pretty wild. And, um, you know, all it took, well, all it would have taken was obviously Amanda to, um, you know, be hit with one of Cyborg's punches and it, the fight could have gone the other way. So it's a shame that the rematch wasn't put up on the tables and it didn't go through because it would have been a very interesting fight come the second time. Um, there is definitely holes in Chris's game and it, you, know, you can kind of see them from other fights, two fights as she's even won. Um, yeah, so we'll, obviously next Thursday we'll see where the fight goes, and um, yeah, it'll be it'll be an interesting one. Yeah, Thursday. I mean, just it's it's, it's so close. Um, I, uh, I I'm just curious as to I'm, I'm I'm excited to see it, but uh, one of the things um, one of the things you know with the move to Thursdays is because Bellator has moved over to CBS Sports, and uh, there's they're going to be we're doing a lot of stuff. They're obviously you probably know they're already, they're sharing the space that you're in now. With uh, Showtime Boxing, there's been talk of like crossover, uh, uh, cross promotion, crossover events with Espinosa. Um, given your experience with boxing, would would you be uh, opposed to doing like a cross promotional, you know, uh, boxing match? I've been talking about it with Cyborg, so I figured I'd pose yeah. it to you. Yeah, no. Uh, well, actually, that's something that I want to sort of um, throw in the um, in the works. Hopefully, after this fight, would definitely be. Um, yeah, hopefully having a boxing fight with Chris, even going the trilogy and, um, you know, having a kickboxing fight under the Bellator promotion too. 
now it's never been done with a fighter to have the three, um, you know, combat, you know, um, competitions like that. But, yeah, no, definitely not opposed to getting back in the boxing ring. I mean, that's where my career started and, you know, that's um, will always be, uh, I think, where my heart's at. Um, mm-hmm. I love the sport and I love the art of it. Um, but, yeah, well, for, for now I'll just concentrate on the what's ahead next week and um, I've definitely got ideas and, you know, plans for the next few years with what I'd like to happen. But um, as our motto has gone for the last few years, it's just, you know, one one step at a time and, you know, get this over the line and then I guess I'll have um, – like the all the options in my hands to sort of you know play some um opportunities and get things going would you uh i mean like like say if say if you uh if 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 you pick up the win thursday you know there was a lot of a lot of questions they they asked her her or to coker regarding her was would she do a i think it was katie taylor matchup so then you 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 pick up the win and you know that that's you now would would you would you uh, be more willing to, to jump into something like that? Yeah, it's interesting because Katie Taylor's a lot lighter than, um, you know, Chris probably wouldn't get down to the, the weight mm. division to meet Katie Taylor. She'd probably be more likely to, to fight Clarissa Shields. Mm. Um, but, yeah, no, Katie's a phenomenal boxer, and, yeah, that would be a big feat. But, I mean, gosh, you know, I'm, I'm going to get in there with, um, you know, Chris, the baddest woman in the, on the planet in the MMA. Mm. There's no reason I'd back down from a boxing fight. Yeah, I'm, I'm a fighter, and, I get in with, and I'll get in with anyone, so... Um, yeah, we'll we'll see what the cards um, show. Yeah, after this fight, how's uh, how's it trending for you as far as reactions to to the matchup and stuff since it was announced? I know you you had hinted it towards me the last time we spoke, but I mean when it became official, it looks like uh, I mean it looks like uh, I mean the move with CBS and stuff like that this is probably one of their biggest the biggest event they're going to have with the new move to CBS. So how, how's it been for you as far as handling all the attention? Um, well, we, like, obviously it was only announced sort of, um, what was, I think four or five weeks ago, but obviously mm-hmm. in the background, we knew what was happening. Bellator was, you know, in contact with my manager and yeah, we knew, um, you know, months ago that, you know, Bellator was moving over to CBS sports and that, that's what the delay was in getting this fight up and going. Um, and obviously just waiting to see how the fight sphere would work, you know, with COVID and how everything was going to pan out. And obviously the other thing was, you know, getting me overseas, like from Australia, it was a big thing. You know, we had to apply for travel exemptions and everything like that. And um, a lot of other people who applied for those for other, you know, personal reasons were getting denied. So the fact <coughs> that I, um, you know, was able to come over here and compete. So, yeah, there was a, there was a lot to get over the line with Bellator and, you know, I popped a, popped a post up this morning. Just, you know, it's a big thing that I'm over here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was kind of like a bit of an eye-opener going through the airports and realising just, um, like you, you obviously watch the news and, and see the state of things in the world, like from what's shown on the news. But when you see it yourself, like, you know, Sydney Airport, we've never, like I've you know been overseas a fair few times now and I've never, ever seen it like that. And, you know, hopefully in our lifetime, we'll never see that see it like that again. You know, shops completely barren and, you know, there was, I think, 20 people in total on the flight over here to America, um, from Sydney to LA. So, yeah, it's mm-hmm. definitely crazy times. And, um, yeah, definitely glad to be over here and, and for the fight to be happening. I love the way you're handling everything. I mean, you just seem you seem so focused and ready to go. I mean, I'll tell you what, for me personally, it's a little bit upsetting because I'm usually at Mohegan Sun covering every Bellator event every time they're there. And this is they're, they've been there a lot, and I haven't been able yeah. to get there because of everything. So I'm I'm uh, I'm super excited, especially following your career. Uh, you. you know that this is happening for you. Yeah, yeah. No, it's um obviously yeah a bummer for me too. Um, you know I'm fighting Chris Cyborg. We thought the fight would probably be in L. You know back before Corona struck. Mm-hmm. Um, you know my my children would be here. All my coaches, training partners. You know they were for the first time in. You know this is my tenth fight with Bellator. I was going to have a huge, you know, fan base of Australians over to watch. So, you know, it is a bummer, but for the, like at the end of the day, I'm here to fight. And, you know, the fact that I'm fighting, you know, get, you know, Chris for the world title, it doesn't worry me at all that it's behind closed doors and I don't have a crowd because I'm here just to get the job done and um, everyone can just watch it on TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially now with the CBS Sports deal. Uh, yeah. the, the one thing uh, you just mentioned about, I mean, uh, with no fans, does it help you focus? Be- like, is your focus better now that it's just kind of just you and her in that space to fight? Yeah. Well, for the most part, I mean, I've always, you know, the crowds here, especially being the foreign, you know, the Australian coming over, over mm. here to fight, I've never been booed or, you know, um, but, and I've had the occasional people that are going for me. 
But um, for the most part, it's not like I've got a big fan base here that I hear the cheering and, you know, they're not here to back me. Um, they generally like me after they see me fight and then I get, you know, everyone coming up and getting photos and that. But, yeah, if anything, it's just going to hone me into hearing, obviously, my coach Tyson and um, my corner's voices. And, yeah, um, I don't need to sort of hear the occasional, you know, comment from the crowd that I might, you know, might get in, um, you know. So, no, I d honestly don't think it'll worry me. I've prepared myself. Like I said, we've been preparing for this fight since the beginning of the year. So mm -hmm. we've been going over and over and over um, all the all the different scenarios. You know, the fact that it's, you know, behind closed doors, no crowd. Yeah, we've gone through all the different things. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm prepared for it. Um, soon see, I guess, next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, Arlene, I, I, thank you so much for always making time and, and communicating, getting back and being ready and stuff like that. I know, I know we've spoken a few times and stuff, and and you're probably one of the 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 best people to uh, schedule interviews with because of you're just uh you're definitely championship material. So I'm looking forward to 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 the fight it. on Thursday. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. Any after when I am the champ. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Hey, uh, you want to shout out your sponsors or anything? By all means, uh, just take some time to do that. Yeah, we've got Muscle Bros, AH Glass Fencing, B and Bougie, um, Resolute TV, um, Southlands Real Estate, Triple um, X, and Three um, Kings Finance. You always put me on the spot when I do that too, because I'm like, oh, I hope I haven't forgotten anyone, but I'm pretty sure I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, big shout out to um, all my coaches too and everyone that's helped me for this fight camp, um, training partners, my kids, Kayla and Kian. Um, but yeah, everyone, everyone who helps me knows how appreciative, appreciative I am. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. It's Bellator 249, right? Thursday on yep. the CBS Sports. Yep. Cool. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey, guys. Ed here, East Coast side of the Coast to Coast Combat Hour podcast. If you like what we're doing, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, if you'd like to help us out and donate, uh, the support links are in any of the uh, podcast descriptions. And in some, the links are also provided on our YouTube channel, The Blogboard Jungle. Um, thanks again for listening. And if you give us some support, we'll give you a shout on the podcast. Maybe uh, bring you on for a UFC pay-per-view breakdown or two. Thanks again.